0: Hello! Welcome back to Maximum Sports. I am your host, Max Patillo. Week 6 in the books in the NFL. Great week. A lot of clarity coming from the week. We saw a lot of great games uh, coming down to the wire, and then some, not so much, some blowouts. Kind of felt like teams putting a stamp on their season a little bit as as to who they are, and revealing themselves, and that's what we like to see, because we like to see a little clarity, and start, start to understand who these guys are out there, and, and what kind of teams are stepping up, who's regressing, who's not living up to expectations, who are the surprises, and so we're going to get into all that today, and so let's get right to it. there's that goat again. There he is. Hey, I was pretty critical of Tampa Tom, Tampa Brady uh, last week's episode. And I was pretty critical of Aaron Rodgers as well. And kind of called those two guys out kind of knowing that they were going to play each other and to kind of see, you know, who was really going to step up. And the answer definitively is really, Neither of them did. I mean, it was a blowout, and I mean it, it's hard to explain exactly what happened, but it was classic Aaron Rodgers in the way that the good teams, like we talked about, you just you just go back a couple episodes, pull it up, and I said we don't care about how the Packers play against the Vikings or the Falcons or the Lions or whatever other crap team they've played this year. We're going to judge them against the Niners and the Bucks, and they're going to play them, and we're going to see if they even compete. We want to see the Packers compete. We don't want to see them get blown out. Because even if you lose, if you lose valiantly and you you played your you-know-what off, and we can tell, like, hey, it just wasn't our day. But no, I mean, th- you're not going to win a championship. I know that now, the Packers. I know where they stand. They put a stamp on their season. They're the same team as they were last year. A team that they get down in a hole, they're not getting out. You don't want these guys in the foxhole with you. You don't want Aaron Rodgers in the foxhole with you. If guys are bearing down on you, you don't want to rely on Aaron Rodgers to dig you out. You're the guy who can't come back from mistakes or He gets in his head too much, I think, is what it is. But you just can't explain going up 10-0 on a team. You throw a pick six, so what? I saw Russell Wilson do that a couple weeks ago. He threw a pick six, comes back, five touchdowns. Who was that against the Patriots? Yeah, he threw threw it out to the flat, pick six. Patriots start off 7-0. Don't matter. Russell Wilson comes back, five touchdowns that game against Belichick. A real defense. And you got Aaron Rodgers, throws a pick six. What does he do? He comes out, throws another pick. All of a sudden, it's 14 to 10. And then he can't hit the broadside of a barn anymore. He, all of a sudden, he he's just in his own head. And he's, he's just trying desperately to make sure. That it wasn't his fault. It was someone else's fault. He was pointing the finger at all his teammates just like he always does. And, you know, in the offseason, we had the episode, we talked about the gates of ridicule, right? That guy opened up the gates of ridicule a couple weeks ago when he said that his down years are other guys' career years. It's just open the gates wide open. Why don't you just put a target on your back? And, man, I mean, Ndamukong Su, like he saw that target. He was like a bull out there looking for that red sash that does, you know, matador. And he was drilling Aaron Rodgers. And he got it in his head. Aaron Rodgers was scared to be out there. I mean, just that's, that's just what it looked like. And Ndamukong Su was all over him. You open up the gates of ridicule. You put a target on yourself. Just, just stay humble. Just stay quiet. Give your teammates the credit don't say that your down years are other guys' career years. it could very well be true but then you got guys like me, you got other media guys I mean we're just gonna crush you for that you know because you gotta if you're gonna say something like that, it's like you're putting up a big bet on yourself and it's like when you when you go out and you show bravado like that and you do your touchdown celebration in the end zone with your heads behind your head, you go do that stuff, you open up the gates because if you don't back that up, we're going to get you. And Adama Kansu, he got you. And Tom Brady beat you. And they blew you out 38-10. to 10. It's like, that is, that's inexcusable if you call yourself a top five quarterback in the league. You can't be getting blown out like that. You just can't. We saw that last year twice against the Niners who weren't world beaters last year. Russell Wilson beat him. He came another yarder beating him again, twice. We saw Patrick Mahomes tear him apart in the Super Bowl. It's it's a, a, an interesting game Aaron Rodgers has been playing for the last few years where he he's kind of like, thinks he's already there. He probably is already a Hall of Famer, but his mentality isn't to prove that anymore. And he just hasn't impressed, especially in the biggest games. And so when I say both guys kind of didn't impress, I mean, for Brady, you know, his defense is the one that won the game. I mean, they scored two touchdowns for him. So we don't, now Tom played well in the game for sure. But I mean, hey, with that defense out there scoring twice, basically, I mean, they had to pick six and they had a return down to the two. I mean, Brady didn't really have to do much in the game. So I'm still, jury's still out on everyone's goat. You know, like, okay, that's a gimme. You play the Packers, for some reason when you play the Packers and you're a good team, you get a lead on them, and they will wither and die. And that's what we saw from Green Bay again. Probably part of its coaching, Matt LaFour. I, I mean, it's been shown that they are very good initially scripted in the first quarter. Because you you have a script of plays. You probably have 15 plays they put out. And they come out and execute really well. But in terms of adjusting after that, and halftime adjustments especially, the Packers, I think they're the only team in the league that has scored on every one of their first possessions. And that's kind of how it's been. They, They start well, but then they can't execute later on. They can't make adjustments. And Matt Lafleur is a young coach that has something to do with it. And they just just get walloped. And so, no, the Packers aren't a Super Bowl contender this year because we know what they're going to put up against the good teams. They're going to get blown out. They're going to get dominated. They're going to get out physical. And they're going to play the Niners later this year. I'm sure it's going to be the same thing. Even though the Niners aren't quite as good as they used to be, they're still going to dominate the Packers. So that's just where we are in green bay again and i mean you know they drafted the quarterback jordan love they drafted a a guy in the first round to replace rogers eventually and it's gonna happen uh, eventually and uh you just you just kind of waiting for it now it's like how long before we can really be a super bowl contender and rogers he's pointing the finger at all these guys and it's not it's not very inspiring to watch. It's like I wouldn't want to be his teammate. I don't care how talented he is. He's pointing the finger even though he is the quarterback. You got to take ownership for this stuff. So, moving on, the Niners. We're just talking about them. Hey, they kind of bounced back on on Sunday night. And I think that the Niners and Rams they're good teams. They can beat anyone for sure. But they're kind of a shell of who they once were. And that makes sense, right? Because we've talked a lot about cap management on this show. And both those teams didn't manage their caps very well. And they spent a lot of money, a lot of draft picks kind of wildly. And so in these next few years, they're going to deteriorate a little bit. The Rams have deteriorated a lot. They're two years removed from the Super Bowl. And the niners have are going to start you're going to see a start to trickle down and to lack of depth and then eventually lack of just explosiveness maybe on offense offensive line and you're starting to see that show its head a little bit they've gotten some injuries can't really replace those guys and they start to drop some games they should win they got blown out by miami last week and so But they bounce back, but it's hard to tell because the Rams, who have they really played? They have four wins, all coming against the NFC least, like we talked about, the worst division ever. And so that's they they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Eagles, they beat the uh, Washington, and they beat the Giants. And the one good team they played is the Bills, and they lost to them. And the Bills don't even look quite the same anymore either. So it's kind of amazing. They played all the NFC East teams and they beat them all. But then they come out and they really laid an egg against the Niners. The Niners dominated that game, mostly just on the line of scrimmage. And I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's got to be one of the best offensive coordinators I've seen. I mean, don't. Don't you don't want him probably to keep a lead for you, like in the Super Bowl when they were up 28 to 3 and last year when they were up by two touchdowns. <laughs> you don't want him to be your coordinator when you have to keep a lead, probably. But otherwise, I mean the guy's incredible uh play designer. And I mean, if you can protect Garoppolo from himself out there, I mean, you're doing pretty darn good. And You just wish, like, you know, maybe they could allocate that that money elsewhere. It's like, why are you having to protect a quarterback from throwing down the field when he makes $28 million a year? Garoppolo's average depth of target was like two yards. He was doing a lot of motion tosses that he gets stats for. And they're just running screens and all motions. I, I can't imagine how it is to play defense in this league with all the the motion and going on in the backfield, the guys running around, having to follow all that. And that's a that's a big reason defenses kind of regress so much. But, you know, Garoppolo played much better just within that system. And, yeah, I thought about the Rams, and I'm just looking at them now, and Besides Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, I don't think any, maybe Havenstein on their right tackle, uh, those bookends on the offensive line. But other than that, I don't think they have an elite player truly on offense anymore. And it used to be Todd Gurley back in the heyday when he was winning an MVP. He was mostly their offense because defenses had to key on him so much that all the other smoke and mirrors really was more effective. But you got Jared Goff out there, wildly overpaid, and you got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and it's just, I mean, those guys are good players, but they just don't really strike fear in you speed-wise. They're great route runners. They're solid players, but there's no one really elite who's going to make a huge play against a good team. And that's kind of you need to have those guys. And I I know I I talk about being stingy with with cap money and all that. But, hey, once you play your cards right, I mean, you you get your offensive line, your defensive line set up. I mean, you're going to have money left over to to pay for some elite players. And you just got to draft those guys. I mean, they come out of the draft. Every year, there. I mean, there's five new wide receivers. You look at the top wide receivers right now on pro football focus, or even statistically, they're all first or second year guys. You know, I mean, DK Metcalf's ranked, he's rated the number one wide receiver right now. He's this is his second year. I mean, granted, he is playing with Russell Wilson, so it looks incredible. But these guys are young, and they're coming in the league constantly. You should be able to draft some great playmakers and running backs as well. They just grow on trees now, so you don't really have to pay them. You just have to draft them, and that keeps them nice and cheap, so that game I felt like the Niners just kind of made the statement that we are the second best team in the NFC West. We're, the Niners are still in contention, and the Rams, they might have a good record for now, but we're still unsure about them. They still have Aaron Donald, still have Jalen Ramsey. Those are playmakers on the defensive side, but I mean, they were getting gashed by the Niners quite a bit, so I'm not too sure about them yet. You know, a couple weeks from now, uh, week seven, week eight, when we get halfway through the season, I'm going to put out some power rankings, really maybe make some uh, final predictions. But, you know, another statement game I saw this week was the Steelers and the Browns. I mean, you you talk about just, oop, Big brother is going to put little brother in their place, and we see that quite a bit, and especially in these divisional games. And you know, Cleveland was riding high, four and one for the first time probably in ever, and they were feeling high and mighty, and they go out and just like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, thirty-eight to seven, they just get walloped by the Steelers, and it's like there's. Contenders and pretenders, and we really saw who are pretenders. Green Bay is a pretender, and the Browns are pretenders. And you can't go out there and just get dominated like that and expect to me. I can't, I can't unsee that. You know, I'm, I'm I can't. Like, I'm not going to take you seriously anymore, Browns. And most of the reasons because of Baker Mayfield. I mean, he, he shouldn't have been the number one pick. I remember when they picked him, and I was like laughing i just that's so cleveland you know there, there was other guys available in that uh draft i i think that was the same one as uh as uh mahomes i gotta check that but i don't know it's uh hindsight's always 2020 20, but i i knew he wasn't worth a first pick in the draft there were other quarterbacks that they could have taken but you know, the guy, he's opened up the gates of ridicule a lot. You talk about that. I mean, geez. And this you know, this year, he's kind of been humbled a little bit. Uh, going in from last season was just such a disappointment. He, he is obviously humbled, didn't run his mouth as much, and he seemed more focused. But they were just a running team, running the ball, and I think they hid Baker a little bit. But against a team like Pittsburgh, they take the runaway the quarterback. He has to make the plays. And I don't think he has – he just can't do it. And so Pittsburgh's defense looks legit. Um, you know, the Bucks and the Steelers, maybe the Colts, um, Denver, New England. We'll talk about that game a little bit. Both those teams play pretty good defense, and I like to see that. I think the Niners still have some players on D that look pretty good. Maybe New Orleans, Baltimore. But for most part, I mean, you're going to see these high scores a lot. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, they got a great pass rush. They don't really have any glaring holes on defense. And they made Baker Mayfield pay big time. Um, That Denver-New England game, I I feel like New England, jury still out on them for me. I was pretty high on them to start, especially with Bilichek, the coaching they have but with all the COVID that they had, I mean, they they didn't get to practice for like two weeks and Cam Newton was out. He comes back in. They, they just didn't have practice. And, and it showed, I mean, no one scored a touchdown in that game, neither team. It was 18 to 12 Denver. And you know, you got six field goals for Denver and four field goals for new England. It's just, um, it's just, uh, a joke, um, but good defense. And so, um, you know, the, the Patriots, they had to, um, they had to just make it work without, uh, any practice time, which is hard to expect anyone to overcome that. I think, um, the Falcons, they, they fired Dan Quinn and they come out and they dominate the Vikings. I mean, go figure all of a sudden they're playing hard. Uh, when their coach gets fired. I don't know if that gives the team a jolt. I don't get it. I feel like if you if your coach gets fired, you kind of let the guy down. I don't know how anyone could not like Dan Quinn, but all of a sudden Atlanta plays well. And, I mean, the Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's got to be – I mean, he's got to be fired probably. I mean, it's just, the time's up for Kirk in, in Minnesota. We said from day one that was a mistake. I mean – a lot of things are coming to fruition on this show. That it's—I told you—it's—it's it's about that delayed satisfaction on on these predictions. If you're gonna make the big predictions, you gotta wait. You gotta wait and see if you're right. And man, I'm still waiting on Jimmy G to get fired or cut, whatever, traded. I, the Kirk Cousins was an easy one. I mean, he's never that good in Washington. They franchise him twice. Goes to Minnesota. He puts up good stats. Stats are for losers. No one cares. You got to get wins. And the guy's just not up for it, especially at that price tag. It's incredible the decisions being made. And so they lose 40 to 23, and the Vikings are just finished. I mean, we predicted they wouldn't make the playoffs. And. I, there's no way they're going to. So uh, the, the, the season is just rounding out, you know, it's, um, it's all, it's all coming together. We're learning a lot. Uh, these, these players are, uh, grinding through, you know, with kind of, um, flips in the schedule and stuff, you know, Casey and Buffalo, Buffalo had to play last Tuesday. And so they played today on Monday and. They, um It was rainy. Both quarterbacks were kind of inaccurate a little bit with the ball. But Mahomes, you know, no surprise. He makes it happen. Beats Josh Allen, two pretty talented future quarterbacks. And it looks like Kyler Murray, they're destroying Dallas right now as I record this. And so you, you, I just think the future is pretty bright for the NFL, especially at the quarterback position. The... College game is just churning out really elite talent at quarterback. These guys are are practicing, I mean, from an early age, learning playbooks, learning complicated concepts, and they're mobile, and they can throw. It's like if you're not mobile, you don't qualify. I don't care anymore. It's like you talk about Justin Herbert with the Chargers, Tua Tagovailoa will be with Miami, and, you, you know, you look at – Joe Burrow's playing well. With Cincinnati, with the limited players he has around him and on that team, he's still competing. Unlike Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow hasn't got blown out this year. He's a rookie. He can run around. Uh, Josh Allen can run around. Mahomes, you, you see Kyler Murray out here. And the future is bright. I mean, you're going to have Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Russell's going to end up being the old guy soon. And, you know, some of these guys are going to retire. Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to retire. And you've got Trevor Lawrence coming in. You've got Justin Fields coming in in the next draft. And these guys are playing well, just right out of the gate. And so, Justin Herbert, I mean, you know, jury's still out kind of on Carson Wentz. But, man, there's going to be some serious quarterback competition in this future, five to 10 years from now. I mean, you, you, you're really talking about possibly every team in the NFL having an elite dynamic quarterback. I mean, offenses are just going to continue to explode and it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, I like defense. I think defense, it kind of things kind of go in cycles. Defenses might catch up a little bit, but I think they can only do so much. And, um, these these teams are going to be led by great quarterbacks in the future. Here, uh, DVOA, we talk about Week Five DVOA. They don't have the Week Six updated yet, but you know we like to reference them. They have Baltimore as the number one most efficient team, Tampa Bay number two most efficient team, Seattle Seahawks number three. They have the Rams and then the Chiefs, and so you know the Rams are going to probably drop out of that. But, you know, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Seattle, those are really the main teams to beat right now, I think. DVOA does a good job of really um, making a well-rounded ranking based on how efficient you are basically on every single play you run, how successful each one of your plays are, not just a game in totality, generalities, But they really put a microscope on every single detail of the game. And that's why I like to look at their rankings a lot. Ravens, Bucks, Seahawks. I'd probably put the Chiefs in there as well as just the uh, unequivocal um, top teams in the NFL right now. So that's pretty much going to do it for our show today. I thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you guys are all doing well out there. And we will talk to you next week for week seven. It's going by fast. We're pretty much uh, almost halfway through this season. It's crazy. So hope you guys are doing well, October. Hope you guys are enjoying your fall. And I will catch you next time.